Welcome to Hoop Fiends, the NBA podcast hosted by three guys that are absolutely better basketball players than Bryn Forbes. Let's do it. So finally, the NBA Finals are underway after one of the strangest, most heartbreaking, and emotionally compelling postseasons in recent memory. We turned on and fell in love with the Bucks several times, and injuries were as common as Chris Paul flailing to the ground. In a matter of games, legacies will be made. Veterans will become champions, and former MVPs could finally be validated on the biggest stage of them all. We're back just to break down all the drama for you guys as we're rounding out our first season of Hoop Fiends. We won't make you wait as long as the Greek freak takes to shoot a free throw. Let's get into it, guys. John, that's in poor taste considering it's a miracle the Greek freak can even walk again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not anti, uh, anti-injury recover. I, uh, I'm floored that he is as, as athletic as he still is. But, you know, I, I actually hate Suns fans counting the uh, the underdog lover in me and like just I'm trying to be a sympathetic guy out there towards these athletes. I absolutely cringe because I know I would shit my pants if <laughs> thousands of people were screaming numbers at me. Well, that's exactly why they do it. <laughs> we did this last month. It's like yeah. they're as much as it's like overplayed. It's like they're gonna keep doing it until Giannis learns how to make a free throw. Yeah, I mean, but- and it works. It, it, I've noticed that he tries to shoot once they get to twelve. <laughs> But I mean, I think isn't the rule ten seconds? Yeah, yeah but, but they're counting way too fast. They, they, they rattle it off. Yeah. Also, like the refs are never gonna call it. Like, could you imagine like game seven of like the NBA Finals? <laughs> it comes into Giannis at the free throw line, and he takes fifteen seconds, and the refs blow the whistle dead. Like that guy is gonna be yeah. murdered. That'd be hilarious. I mean, to be fair, it is the rule, so he should. That's my. I opinion. mean, I feel like I feel like a lot of. I don't know why this is just becoming a thing with Giannis. I'm trying to think. Do you guys ever – I don't know why he's jumping out to mind. I think Jamal Murray is another, like, 12 to 15-second guy. Some guys just, like, spin the ball three times. They take, like, five deep sides. It goes for a while. I don't think it needs to be called. Yeah, I mean, I just don't care. I, I, I really don't have an opinion. <laughs> my opinion, basketball moves so slow anyway. What's another three seconds? Yeah. That's what I love about it in some ways. Um, I'm – Loving these NBA finals. It's kind of our dream finals, right? Didn't we like I feel like if we go back to the podcast maybe like in February or March, I think like the nerdiest take for basketball uh podcasts and like huge hoop fans out there would have been to get a Phoenix Milwaukee finals. And here we are. Yeah, I I feel like especially because we were trying to be a little realistic, like we didn't want the obvious teams to get there. Like we didn't obviously we wouldn't want Brooklyn and and we don't want Philly. And then in the West, we wouldn't want the Lakers and, like, the Jazz, maybe. But, like, yeah. these are the two more realistic options. And then it ended up coming to fruition a little bit, which is very nice. And well, yeah. yeah well, I was going to say, just the funny thing is, is if you if you had even said, like, back in, like, February, like, who would you rather have win the finals, the Clippers or the Suns? I think we all would have been like, oh, it's the Suns. Like, no question. And then, like, we all just turned it like, we're pulling for the Clippers by the end of that series yeah. in the Western Conference Finals. Well, I mean, we're going to have to get into this uh, Western Conference at some point. I mean, I think we did that because I think, I mean, at least I personally, I fell in love with this Clippers team because they just played such a selfless brand of basketball. And there was that little glimmer of hope that they were going to push it to seven, and they just couldn't do it. But – I, I think they have some stuff to look forward to going forward. They just got to stay healthy. And um, 
I would say to keep adding to their bench because a lot of role players emerged. Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson, uh, Marcus Morris as big parts of this team. So, I mean, it sucks, but I think they should just run it back. Well, I, I don't think the Hoofings are getting enough credit. We probably have talked more about the Western Conference Finals than any other <laughs> podcast in the world. I feel like we're always – we spend like a good 25 minutes on the Western Conference Finals every time. So There's so much to us. talk about with the Clippers. I love yeah. the Clippers. Yeah, I know. We're in on – And it was, it was far more interesting thing than the Hawks Bucks that was one of my least favorite rounds of the playoffs because it was good for a couple games but then once like Trey went down then Giannis went down it was just let's see who can have a bigger game Chris Middleton or Lou Williams I think that was my least favorite playoff series ever like not even in regards to like this year because there was legitimately one good game it was the first one and the right there was the other ones were never that good or never that close. But, I mean, we can go back to the Western Conference Finals at first. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It. The thing is, like, as much as the Clippers are going to want to run this team back, they're, like, not going to be able to. Reggie Jackson is going to get paid. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as he should, right? I want to bring that up to you guys. Is this a fluke from Reggie, or do you guys think he's actually here as a legitimate starting point guard going forward? Well, I mean, he's, he's literally done this before, like, and then got paid to be a starting point guard and then failed. So, like, I don't know if it's different now, even though I'm a big Reggie supporter. I don't think it's the best idea for him to be a starting point guard. Maybe as, like, a like a fourth or fifth option, it's okay. But I don't know. I think he could clearly run an offense. It's just, is he going to be the one or uh, the two or three option on a championship team? I don't think so. It's like, uh, it's like Case Keenum. Uh, the quarterback, he, yes, he like start was originally a starter, was horrible, lost his job, became a backup, played really well for the Vikings that one year, and everyone's like, he deserves a, a starting job, and then he got one again, and it was bad. I, I could, I could, sadly, I could see Reggie Jackson going that way, but yeah. hang, I mean, hang with me here. I think Reggie Jackson is the Kirk Cousins of the NBA. I think that's disrespectful to to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I mean, again, I think Reggie's good, and, like, when he did these playoffs is definitely great. No one's going to take it away from him because he made some huge, huge shots. Um, but I don't know. I, I I, wouldn't call him one of the better point guards in the league. I thought he, he did what he needed to do, and he stepped up no. in Kawhi's absence. But... Well, wait a minute. Are you saying Kirk Cousins is one of the better QBs in the league? Um, no. No, but I, I, I think – I. You kind of like the comparison, John. I'll give you some. I'll, I'll agree with you a little bit because I was thinking about it. who would I rather be, Reggie Jackson or Kirk Cousins? It's Reggie Jackson by a mile. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, sorry. I mean, so let's, cooler. let's restructure this whole thing. I don't think it was such a phenomenal playoff run that he needs to get like maxed out, go to a like a, uh, you know, a team that's really suffering and try to upstart them. I, ideally, he kind of acts like uh, Rajon Rondo has the past couple of years where, like, he went to the Hawks for a bit, the Clippers, the Lakers. I think a team that's, like, contending should get him. And even if not, to start to, like, go off the bench, I think, like, the Celtics should pick him up. Oh, well, I was going to say, you know who's screaming for it? The concrete jungle, baby. <laughs> Bring Reggie to oh, New York. Oh, my God. Oh, as much as I love him, no. No. <laughs> See? This is what I'm saying, though. We already <laughs> have Derek Rose. As great as he is, it's like, would you want him as your starting point guard, like, for big money? Because I like, wouldn't. I would if it was, like, a team that needed a point guard but was, like, not uh, not going to be, like, a top option on that team. You know what I mean? Like, it can't yeah. be 
like, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, who's a good team that doesn't really have a good point? It, I mean, ironically, like, it's it's the other team in L.A. It's the Lakers. Would Lakers would love to have Reggie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you said it too. Boston kind of too. I, yeah. I think he'd work in Boston. He could I mean, be the fourth, fourth option there. would kind of work. Because I feel like Kemba going into Boston had too much pressure to be this, like, electric player. But if you just have Reggie facilitating to Jalen and to Jason, it could work out really well. So, we're definitely going to have a lot to talk about in the offseason with where Reggie Jackson lands. Do they get their two stars back is the big thing I'm wondering. Is it, is it Are you seeing billboards in L.A. with Kawhi and Paul on them? Um, well, I guess – I don't know why Kawhi would leave at this point. Yeah. Like, I- I, what, is he, what better option is he going to have? Yeah, I agree with Steve. I, I don't know why he would want to leave. Um, and it really wouldn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, like a, we saw this. They were they were two games away from making the finals. Two, two wins away from making yeah. the finals. Uh, if he was there, they probably would have. If, if well, I, think I, think I think they win the finals if he's oh, healthy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if I agree. Team, the team's playing like this. I, I think what the Clippers should do is – try as much as best as they can to run it back with this crew. Um, I mean, again, like, let's not forget they were missing Kawhi, Zubats, and Ibaka. Like, those are three, like, players who get serious minutes on their team. So, it wasn't just Kawhi. Like, they were missing two of their starting bigs. Um, so, I think it's in their best interest to try to bring back as much as the core as possible. Definitely losing Reggie is going to hurt. Um, so, I don't know who you could find, like – on the books with that kind of money. Uh, But I mean, Hey, that they can do it. They can do it before. I wouldn't be surprised if like a healed, healed in a pick kind of guy. Right. But he, but he healed Eric Bledsoe, like these kind of guys who like, yeah, can get hot every once in a while. That's where I see these guys going. I mean, if you really want to break it down and zoom out and kind of go the true glass half full route, they had their best season in franchise history. They never made it to Western Conference Finals before. They got to six. I, I really want to go ahead and put some big respects on Paul George's name. I, I, I think I called him out for not being the real deal at the start of this postseason, but he actually stepped up and got them past the Jazz without Kawhi. I think he really should be considered stronger than he was going into this postseason. I really trust him. Always oh, big trust. Yeah, no, I feel like he definitely gets – I think now you can kind of quell the hate a little bit because everyone can always say, like oh, – I feel like the big thing with everyone, when everyone, anyone's ever talking about the Clippers and they're like, oh, Paul George, um, maybe he can, like, put the team on his back and, like, take over for games. Everyone's like, I'll believe it when I see it. And like, I feel like we got enough to kind of justify, like, we saw it. Um, we did. So, yeah, that I, I don't know. I, I was very impressed with them. Yeah. Um, Pretty much the whole series. And then I would like to just – going back to uh, last week, my fiending around point was that I wanted to be impressed by the Suns. I wanted to see them make a statement win. And definitely game six was that, where Chris yeah. Paul just absolutely took oh, over God. the game. Yeah, um, I would, I've never seen Chris Paul at a level like that. That was like flat out, I am winning this game no matter what yeah. it takes. Yeah. That was the best he's ever played. I'll be a little bitch out there. And it was fantastic. Yeah, no, it, you're right, Steve. It's not something I've ever seen Chris Paul, 
like do before. Like I, I feel like this, that's reserved for people like LeBron, or I've seen it like from yeah. Wade, like in his generation, Dirk, obviously, but never Chris Paul just put the team on his back and just go. And he really did. He he they won the game because of him. That was a huge win and all on his back. Yeah, and I mean, like you kind of said or we're getting into it's like I always felt like Paul was more of a set up the guy for the win type of thing but maybe that was always his issue maybe that's why it's finally different this year is he's like you know what I'm getting older I know what I can do I have the experience I'm gonna take over like I know I can and just get to my middle little mid-range shot and never miss and even though and god when he flopped on boogie when he like Oh my into god! Boogie's elbow. That was the most irritating thing, and it just like it, oh, those things about Chris Paul like really do irk me. But like it's when you play at this level, it's much more commendable than when you're just like losing every year and doing that. You know? Well, it, it kind of reversed itself because that one against Boogie was so ridiculous. But then I I really thought he said something at least to Pat Bev, but he just walked past Pat, gave him a look, and Pat Bev just absolutely threw him and I mean I don't, I don't know I think Chris Paul kind of played the long the long con there he just is himself to a T he got under this, this Clippers team uh skin and it worked out I've I've never seen him so locked in before at all and he, I feel like LeBron always gets the credit for having the basketball IQ in the league I, I really want to I think Chris Paul's on the same level because I, I really rarely see Chris Paul like not do the right thing he, either, he knows when it's his time to take that shot, get to his sweet spot, and he knows when to facilitate. And we're going to get to it later, but, God, he's looking like someone who's in control right now. Yeah. It, Steve, just going back to your point about his flop against Boogie, I actually kind of loved it just because of, like, the storyline drama of the two of them. Like, they hate each other, like, historically. Yeah. So it's always it was just nice to see that come oh, back. Oh, no, it's, know, like, it's great to, like, watch. It's just hard to – I don't know. It's like the same stuff that pisses me off about LeBron. It's like, no, you're, I, like if, if it's Boogie doing it to Chris Paul, that to me is funny because Boogie is just like this washed up old guy where like Chris Paul is supposed to be the superstar who's like leading his team to a conference final and then eventually a champion, like a, a regular finals. And like, you don't need to do that. Like you're getting calls anyway, you know, yeah. it mm-hmm. bothers me. Yeah. Like you're winning by 27. You don't have to flop. <laughs> And they give him the call, too. That's what's annoying. They, like, reviewed it and, like, saw that he, like, clearly initiated all of that. And they're like, yep, technical on Boogie. Yeah, there we go. Just- well, I don't know about you guys. I, I actually really like Chris Paul, the person off the court. I'm really impressed with his, um, his like, social justice movements and everything he does for the Player Association. I've State Farm never- commercials. I think, I think Cliff is a great actor as well. I, uh, I'm a big fan of his. But on the court, this is nothing new for him. He's been doing this bullshit his whole career. So I can't exactly say I root for him on the court as a player. It's fantastic to finally see him get to the finals and have the chance to win. But he really is that kind of just like nudge of a player. Yeah, I, I, I used to just absolutely – I used to love him and then I started to not like him and now I'm kind of back to I'm – at, I'm at like a – sort of like a LeBron thing, right? I'm kind of just like rolling to just respect for what he's doing. Yeah, um, I'm like a love to hate with him. I think. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely been great, and it, that was that was an incredible series. That was probably one of my favorite series that we were we uh, watched this postseason for sure. Yeah, me too. It was a. I mean, I think we said this earlier since we started covering the playoffs. A series going to six can be deceiving because it can be a fun six or like a drag of a six. 
I think yeah. the Hawks Bucks was definitely a drag just to the finish. But every Clippers Suns game except Game Six really was really close. I felt like they were like the Clippers were always in it, and even in that Game Six, they were like at moments could have closed it to like a ten point gap. But I just felt like the Suns had more superstar power. Paul wasn't really feeling it himself. Paul George wasn't really feeling it. And then, you know, the rest of these random guys that kind of got hot couldn't really do it again. And I really think they could have done it if Kawhi was there, but the Suns' star power just had them outmatched. Yeah. Um, I guess so. If you guys have no more thoughts on the Western Conference, we can move into the Easter Conference Finals. Um, yeah, it, what a boring, boring yeah. series. If, if we, it, it, it's so interesting, too, like where we left off last pod. It was like 2-2. Two, two, Giannis and Trey got hurt, but like we kind of thought they would come back. Like we, like we saw Giannis walking on the sidelines. We we're like, okay, he like should be okay. Trey, we always thought he was going to kind of come back. But then they just played games without them. And then Trey obviously came back for the last one and didn't – it wasn't bad. Able to move. Yeah. But, like, it was honestly the least interesting basketball I've ever – like, I didn't – I barely watched. I'll be completely honest. I watched the end of the last game because it was like, let's see if the Hawks can come back here. And they almost did. But, like, that was literally it. It was like, I just didn't care. And I've never been able to say that about a conference final before. Yeah, I watched game five. I was on a plane. <laughs> I was taxied on the runway. We we couldn't take it off. We couldn't take off. So I was just sitting there. I was supposed to take off at, at 7.20. We didn't end up taking off till 9. So I just sat there, and I watched, like, the entire first half of this game, and I was just already mad. I was still sitting <laughs> in the airport. I was just like, get me yeah. out of here. Um, yeah, it was it, – it, I did feel like I was being held hostage. Let's really like, move no- on. There was just, like, no stakes to me. It was, like, there's nothing on the line for any of these players because if they lose it, they'll, it, like, doesn't matter. It's just, like, their team was injured, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, the best part about conference finals and, like, finals is it's usually the highest stakes. Like, it matters to everyone's legacy. But, like, the most important player on the floor was Chris Middleton, who I despise. So, to me, <laughs> it was, it was like, so not interesting. I was, like, either Chris Middleton is going to, like, succeed and I'll be mad or he'll suck, and then it'll be even bo- more boring. So it's like yeah, you, you gotta pick one though with the Bucks, man, because you hate them for being bad. But even when they're good, you're like, oh, I hate them too. What is it? He just doesn't like. Well, them. they're always bad, but that's the problem. <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, there's 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 at least six games left potentially. So we have a lot to talk about the Bucks, but the Bucks in this series, yeah, they. I was nervous for a period of time when Giannis went down, but it, they. Right when you think the Bucks are out, they do pull you back in, man. It looks like they do have enough firepower to to make it a series here in the finals. Um, I mean, it's a little bit more exciting to talk about the Hawks and what they're going to do now that they got booted. I, I I think they have maybe the highest of highs walking out of this postseason because I had they probably had absolutely zero hope of getting to Game Six of an Eastern Conference Final this year. So, I mean, I kind of want to take hats off to them. I can't stand a lot of that team. But you got to be thinking that their front office is just, like, throwing the biggest party right now. Yeah, I think, I think like, like you kind of said, they have the most to celebrate. And, like, whether or not it's true or not, they're going to go out of these playoffs saying, we probably beat the Bucks if Trey stays healthy. I, like, you could think whatever you want, but that's what they're going to think. 
And yeah. they're going to have so much flexibility going into this offseason. They have they could trade it for anybody. They can go after anyone free agency. They could pretty much do whatever they feel like. John Collins, there's mysteries around him. But they have the most avenues to improve, I think, than a lot of these other teams. But yeah, we just talked to the Clippers. They have to debate about whether they could re-sign Reggie Jackson, and then that's all they could really do. The Hawks can do just about anything. Yeah. The, the funniest thing to me um, was – I even remember, I think we discussed about this at the trade deadline. We were very confused as to the, the shipment out for uh, the Hawks got rid of Rondo and brought in Lou Will. And we we're like, what is like Lou Will even doing here? Like, what's he going to add? He actually had like pretty solid minutes and they, they take it to six yeah. because of him. Like he won that game four, uh, like on his back. It It's pretty crazy. I, their entire team is just incredibly young, which is, like, the other really amazing thing is they can just keep running it back with, like, a lot of these guys. Like, like the old, the oldest guy who, like, matters to their core is Bogdanovich, and he's, what, like, 28? Like, everyone else yeah. is, like – Maybe Capella. Yeah, Capella's 26. He's not really a core guy for them, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they still have, like, plenty of opportunities to go and get, like, a new guy. Like, Okongwu looked, like – awesome he looks like he's gonna take like, another big step when yeah. it comes down down to it the only thing I'm really worried about is I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago but dude we're gonna get so many Hawks games on yeah this oh, year. So it's gonna be like brutal because like again they're they're fun to watch because they can just hit crazy shots but like the like Trey Young drawing fouls like is not that great <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of Hawks Mavericks games that I'm just not yeah. thrilled to watch. I know, and and we'll get like an over under of they'll be like, oh, remember when Luca and Trey got traded for each other, and they'll show the photo of like oh my the two God. of them. Yeah, right. Always. Yeah, there's gonna be a big documentary some, about that draft class. Something that like came to mind a little bit too, like with this Hawks series, it what it kind of reminds me of. Uh, you'll you'll enjoy this, Riley. It was kind of when kind of when the young Celtics took LeBron to seven. And it was – you had these young guys oh. that, like, had to step up in, in certain – for, like, certain injuries and whatnot. Like, like you like look at Cam Reddish. We haven't talked about him. Like, he – I have never been a Cam guy, but, like, he looks like he's going to be a legit player in the league. And he's, like, their eighth option. Yeah, so, no, like, yeah. that's, that's, like, really scary to think about how, like – they could also – think about it. If they trade, like, Cam Reddish – Okongwu and like someone else, they could probably get like a really good package. Like they could do whatever yeah. they want. It's scary to think about what's coming up for them because I think what every franchise wants to know in this league is okay, this guy that we're hoping is our guy that we're putting all of our chips on, can he be a legitimate superstar in the playoffs? Because it really is a different game than the regular season. And Trey Young, I think not just by the hoop fiends, but by a lot of analysts' point of view was just a great stats on a bad team guy. I really didn't think he had it in him. And what I was most impressed by in the playoffs for him was his ability to facilitate. And even games when he had an off night, he was hitting huge shots late in the fourth quarter. So the Hawks have to be so happy that they're like, holy shit, we did the right thing in, in getting this guy. Now, is he better than Luka Doncic? I feel like that's almost not even fair to say. They should just be happy that he's going to be someone that they should continue to have for the foreseeable future. Yeah, like it, it legitimately it paid off. Yeah, it, it legitimately like doesn't matter. It, I think at this point, like it, this is a, a, like a much, 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 much larger scale. Um, but it's like 
in can the Rockets really be upset with the fact that they drafted Hakeem Olajuwon over Michael Jordan? Like you would say, yes, right. because Michael Jordan's the GOAT. But like Hakeem Olajuwon is also like one of the 15 best NBA players ever. And I feel like this is on a much smaller scale. Like is Trey Young, Luka Doncic, like one of the four, five best NBA players in the league? No, but what he is is the face of a franchise can has led you to the Easter Conference Finals and is probably a top 15, 20 player, and he made your yeah. franchise relevant again. And that's all that matters. And they got my boy Cam. They do. They got Cam. Yeah, shout out to Cam. Yeah. We were making fun of him, on, I think, last week, making fun of like Zion and RJ not really messing with him. But uh, No, Cam looks good. DeAndre looks Hunter good. looks good. We got we got the Herder game. Like, all, we, we make fun of it, but all the Hawks had, like, a game out there, and mm-hmm. they look like they love playing together, so they should really keep their heads up. Am I a fan of it? No, just for bias reasons for, for the Knicks, but I'm getting vibes of, like, early early thunder almost, just, like, a team that's just, like, really made their impression. I think it's even better than, like, that uh, Celtics team that took LeBron and the Cavs to seven because I feel like that Celtics team still had to find their identity a little bit and figure out who their guy was going to be because they had Kyrie Irving coming back. I think the best thing the Hawks have going for them is that they're young and they know that their number one option is young. Literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think before we close it, as much as we were talking about the Hawks, like it was just clear in game five and game six, like Milwaukee was, is just like the better team. Like as good as like the Atlanta Hawks were, like Milwaukee just came out and crushed them when they, when they needed to. Brooke Lopez was play, yeah. playing out of his mind. Um, those are like the first two games that we got in, in a game one as well, but where Drew Holiday like looked like an offensive weapon that he's going to need yeah. to do moving forward. He was he was coming in as like the second tier option behind Middleton, and it was working. The, those games never really felt particularly close. Milwaukee just kind of ran away with it. They did. Yeah. It, it made me confident confident in them going into the finals. And I, I think that leadership too kind of showed with Drew and Chris, where like they've been there, done that, and like obviously Trey hasn't been there, done that, but he was able to lead anyway because he is such a special talent. When Trey went down. It'll, you could tell it was like, all right, like we're going to Lou Will. Like, is he going to be, he's like our leader yeah, in, the right. in our offense. Like, it worked in a game. Like, he won him a game, but like, that's only going to get you so far. When Giannis goes down, you go to Drew and Chris. And even if I'm not a big fan, they've been there, they've been around the league, they know what they're doing, and you could trust them to run a team and they have the talent and we're able to win. Well, it's yeah, like, like you, yeah. You could see it. It was all I was going to say. Yeah, no, you definitely can. It's exactly like – do you guys remember in the playoffs last year in the bubble uh, where Giannis went down, I think in game five against the Heat or maybe game four, and Milwaukee ended up winning a game just off Chris Middleton's back. Like when he needs to step up and be that dude for yeah. like a game or two, he's more than capable of that. Is he the leader of your franchise that you want like as your go-to number one option all the time? I would say no to that, but I think Definitely not. when you need no. him, when you need him to show up in big moments, he is there for you. And like they're they're they make it here, they don't make it here because of him. So as much no. as Steve, you could hate on Chris Middleton, and I'm not like the biggest biggest fan of him either. Um, I mean, he does show up when he needs to. Sometimes, yeah. I don't think he's like ever going to even be like a super team type of guy where it's like something where it was um like the Warriors with like Steph 
Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, like three guys who on any night could be on the same level. I don't think they'll ever hold Chris Middleton to the same value that they to be honest, but I think it's sometimes brilliant to have like a true two to your number one. So this, if things are going right and your number one is healthy, you have a two who knows his place. He's not fighting for uh, minutes. He's not fighting for usage. He's just like a strong, reliable two. And so far the playoffs, he's been there when they've needed him. So we're going to go ahead and just have to transition to the finals and see if he's going to be able to do that in these games going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did we see it out of him in game one? Like, kind of, actually. Which yeah, is, like, yeah. scary. Which is, like, not good. Because he, he played really well and they lost. Like, I don't know what that yeah. means. That's really a bad sign. I think they're running into, the, without a doubt, the toughest team they've faced so far. Uh, Apart, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, what, not, if the Nets are healthy, no. But I think this Suns team firing on all cylinders is better than like the hobbled KD Nets. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I guess they made the finals, right? Yeah, I, I can see. I, I, know, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. My, th- yeah, my thing with this is, like, it's just clear that, like, as much as I love Milwaukee, like, obviously, I've been defending them the whole time like Phoenix is just the is just the better team like they uh, they just feel very complete to me in a way that Milwaukee doesn't like Milwaukee obviously has flaws and I feel like we talk about Milwaukee's flaws ad nauseum every single week yes. but um <laughs> but I just feel I feel that um the Suns in general they just have a much more concise team they know who the guys they need to go to are and their bench can come together when when it needs to with (laughs) milwaukee it's all on their they need they need five six guys to do well or they're absolutely screwed but i think it's less than that to be honest yeah i and but at the same time i'm trying not to get too pessimistic about it because um, we've actually seen it like this entire playoffs. They've started off really slow. Besides the Miami Heat, I think they've lo- they lost the f- game one against Brooklyn. They lost game one against Atlanta, and they lost yep. game one one against Phoenix. And I think I'm not I'm not ready to write them off yet, especially because it really does to me feel like home court really matters. If they lose a game in Milwaukee, that's when I'm going to start getting really worried and say it's over for them. But yeah. And to Steve's point, he says it all the time. You just got to win your home games. Yeah, that's yeah. actually where I want to jump in right there because as anti-Bucks as I've been, I actually picked them in the series. And that's where I was I was leaning. I picked the Suns at first and flopped and flipped and flopped because I don't like either of these teams. I don't think either of them are built for a championship, but one of them is going to win it. So, and my thinking is it's like the Bucks bench, like you said, is just so bad. And it's, it's like really how – it's like they're rely, they're throwing Bobby – like we love Bobby, but like Bobby Portis like needs to go off or else they're screwed because Brendan Forbes, Pat Connaughton, these guys are not like finals players. Like they're My not favorite good. random buck right now is Jeff Teague. Like he was booted from a team. And when he – you know it's worse scary when you're watching from a much worse team. From a much worse much team. Worse. And it's scary when a broadcast like throws out a guy checking in. You're like, oh my god, why is this person even getting minutes? That happens to me with the Bucks constantly. Yeah, and as bad as they played in Game One, I thought, even though their like bigger name guys kind of showed up, which is like, Drew. First of all, Drew Holiday like was really bad, but again, it's like these questions. Like, can he play to the uh, to the highest level every night? That's a question we're gonna have to find out. 
if they want to win the finals. But um, anyway, to my original point I was making, I agree with you, Riley, that the, the home games in this series are what matters. And this is kind of how I thought the series was going to go down. I think it's going seven. I think each team wins all three of its home games. And I picked the Bucks because just because I, the Suns like haven't been tested in that type of like winner go home game seven like grit and grit right. everything is on the line here and like Chris Paul hasn't been there in the finals. I think he's probably he's been in a bunch of game sevens, but the rest of the team hasn't. Whereas the Bucks just went through it and have been through it a billion times. So I just like trust them in that scenario a little bit more. That's the only reason I picked them and. I hate that I picked them, and I regret it already. But that's what I'm going to stick with nope. for now. Follow your follow your gut, man. Because I think, I think if you break it down like you just did, where you're looking at the Suns, I don't think they've been tested just quite like the Bucks have. Even just now, they had to lose their mega star, their two time MVP, and have guys step up. So I think now that they're feeling the pressure being down a game. I think Drew and Chris will step up. And I think it comes down to another train of thought is, at the end of the day, in the finals, I think the team with the best superstar does get the win. Uh, for me, I think the best player on the court is always going to be Giannis, way over Devin, DeAndre, and or Chris Paul. So I think if Giannis is completely healthy, firing all cylinders, I think the Bucks can win it in six or seven. Yeah, and – yeah, John, exactly what you said. I think that is the biggest point where even if you're a Bucks fan disappointed in the loss, you got to be take solace in the fact that if you hadn't had told me, like if I just woke up and this was like I'd missed like all of like the regular the playoffs, and you, if you hadn't told me that Giannis was hurt in a game-time decision up until this game, I wouldn't have believed you. Like he looked like pretty good. The block like, was insane. The block, the block was great. great. He, he was getting everything he needed to. He didn't really play well, but I think it, maybe it's just a little bit of rust coming off. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays better um, in game two at all. He, he looked good. Giannis, to me, like, first of all, he has to be healthy. And, like, we all kind of agreed it looked like he was. So what needs to happen is, like, it's a lot to ask, but he needs to go out there and score 35-40 every night like he was doing. Oh. against Brooklyn and Enough. against and like he scored 20 and he had like 20 and 18 I don't know his exact stat line which is like a great stat line but it's like I mean Brooke played well I mean on offense Brooke played well Chris played well Drew didn't play well but like how much more offense are they going to be able to generate I don't think Connaughton yeah. or PJ Tucker or any of those guys are going to be giving no. them much more so the extra difference is going to have to be honest it's the the cloud. The ultimate irony is the fact that what we were saying about Brooklyn all along is actually true with Milwaukee. We're always like, yeah, Brooklyn just needs to. They can only score with their original three guys, and that's what old Milwaukee is like. They need Middleton, Holiday, and Giannis to all be playing fire at all cylinders. That they're yeah. going to win it. And, I mean, I still think that's an, entirely possible. Like, I'm. I wouldn't. I'm not going to be surprised. And. I, I still feel like they may win the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you, Steve. There's just a lot of moving parts yeah. like this. To carry the torch of pessimism against our Bucks, my big takeaways from game one weren't in the Suns' superstars. I kind of expected them to go out there and do it. It was in guys like Cam Johnson and Mikkel Bridges. Cam Johnson, every time he shot from behind the perimeter, it was going in. Uh, Mikkel, he – didn't have as many points as some of the other role players, but he had some amazing blocks. Like, he's just always out there getting involved in the game. They have that young talent 
that I think if the Bucks had a Cam Johnson, if they had Mikel or even like a Tory Craig, like there's just guys that can go out and flip a play. And I don't think there is that player on the Bucks, and that is what's scary. But I do think the core of Milwaukee is a little bit better than the core of Phoenix. So if they can just keep that core healthy and playing like a finals is on the table, they can win. But just those role players are so enticing. Like, as a Knicks fan, I would love, like, a campaign or Cam Johnson on my team. Yeah, and I feel like we should move to talk a little bit about Phoenix um, because they played spectacular. We were saying that we were saying that Chris Paul's best game was the Western Conference Finals Game Six a couple couple days ago, and this may be like his second best game. Like he was getting everything he needed to. He was getting yeah. every switch he wanted. He was getting every pass he wanted. He had amazing core vision. He was scoring off the jump every time. He looked absolutely incredible. He was he was sixty three fifty seven and uh, perfect from the free throw line. Like he was just out of this world. Yeah, that's insane. And when he's playing well, his team around him plays well. Chris has always been that kind of player, but he knows when to facilitate. And he really like the leadership is coming through here. How many times do the cameras cut to him like slapping his hand around like DeAndre? These guys love playing for him. And it's scary because he looks like he's in control. If they play like they did in, in game one, it's unfortunately Suns and four, like that absolutely monster of a human, the Suns and four guy. But it will be Suns and four if they look like they did game one. Yeah, and if the Bucks don't improve, for sure. And I, even I think the Bucks can improve from what they were at in game one. I was, like, watching that game just, like, hitting my head, like, why Why do I believe in this team again? Why am I doing this to myself? But I, I, I'm not – like, I think I agree with you, Riley. I'm not going to take anything away from the series until any of these teams lose a home game. That's when the series – I think that's when the series is going to be over, to, to be honest. The first team to lose a home game is going to lose. Yeah, dude. I think this is the craziest thing, like, out of the bubble. Like, it shows you how much home court matters. Like, these people are in – some of the fans are absolutely insane, and especially for these two teams in particular. Yeah, like watching like uh, like home Bucks games when they were in the playoffs. Like everybody was going crazy in their seats. Like oh my god, it's like you could hear a pin drop when Giannis is shooting free throws. Nobody's counting. <laughs> like everybody's yeah. just showing there. Um, no, it's, give him his time. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Again, I to just to reiterate the point. I just think Phoenix is right now like the better team on paper um but I, I think just what we've been saying I haven't really seen them tested in the way that they have the Bucks. like I even though I'm like a huge Bucks guy I've been blown away by everything I've seen from them this whole postseason and it's just been an emotional roller coaster with them <laughs> like this it really has time. been like absolutely we I think how many I think four or five times we've counted them out like it's over type of feeling I know what are we going to talk about when we don't have to we don't have the bucks to discuss every I single week shitting on the bu- that dude honestly I think that was the biggest letdown for me for the Eastern Conference Finals it was like I was like so jazzed up like going anti-bucks and then the Trey and Giannis got injured I'm like well then all my energy has been useless. Like, this is just meaningless now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, to go from, like, A to Z, 
I don't know what they do if they lose this finals. Like we're talking, we talked about the Clippers. They have their two stars locked down, and they can kind of just comfortably run it back. The the Bucks went through so much, and if they overcome all these obstacles just to come up short at the very end, I don't know how they're going to add to this team. I don't know what they're going to do. So, I mean, I think they're having some conversations <laughs> in the front office right now, and hopefully that trickles down to the players and the coach, and they just get it done. I think it'll just – they'll have to just upgrade the bench. Like, that's something that's feasible, though. You know, like, their unit – their starting five, like, will work and, like, can run it back with that. But they're going to be able to, like, add, like, mid-level exception guys and, like, the vet minimum guys who, like, actually can play basketball, you know? Like, it's these – they can't be relying on Pat Thompson and Brent Forbes to come into these games and, like, win it for them. Yeah, I was going to say, Steve, like, they got to be – what the Clippers were last year and this year, where they're just like right, perfect vet, vet men guys, like vet minimum guys. No one else is going to give you a job. Come play with us, and you just start grabbing yeah. like Rondos and like Boogie Cousins and like dudes like that who are like getting bought out and nobody wants. Yeah, because what the way I feel like the Bucks are kind of not that I can defend anybody on a pro, pro level, but what's scary is it's kind of I feel like it's easier to shut down a big in this league rather than a guard. Like what? Like Monty Williams is like, yeah, just attack Giannis and make sure that he doesn't get to the paint because I don't really trust him to take a three or to shoot that like deep two. So they just clog up the paint. Who else can be an instant bucket besides their like other besides Drew and Chris? Like I don't trust Bryn. I don't trust Bobby. Uh, not really Brooke all that much. So if they figure out Giannis, it it's over, and that's what's terrifying to me. The thing is that I don't know anybody who has in this league. Like, yes. like he looks incredible even today. Like he, the other game when he seemed kind of hurt, he still I still feel that he can drag it out and play. He's going to play better in next game. I'm like confident in that. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it, I'm very excited for this series as a whole moving forward. Now that we're done with game one, does anyone have any like? serious predictions they want to lock in but hold on before we get into that i have one last thing i want to bring up on sons wise anyway uh i was listening to our buddy bill and he had the audacity i don't know if you guys listen to his latest pod he had the audacity to say deandre ayton was a top like 17 player in the nba yeah i heard that so i i like took it to myself i was kind of curious i i ranked my top 10 centers i kind of want your feedback and i want to like I want to see if I'm crazy or what's going on here. Okay. So, first of all, he had he had DeAndre Ayton over Bam. I thought that was crazy. Is that crazy to anyone else? If you're going to go, like, in the moment recency bias, no. Bam was a first-round boot, couldn't get it going. DeAndre has been – his big thing has been efficiency, right? His playoff run is that he's, like, 80% from the field. He's, I think, averaging over 20 points and, like, kind of hitting all the big statistic boxes. So, yeah, like, in the past three weeks, it's DeAndre. But I wouldn't – if I'm starting a franchise, I think I would still go with Bam over DeAndre. And I mean, I, I, that's what the thing is. I think he's just, like, being recent. recency biased because, like, yeah. to me, Bam is an all-defensive player, and he is, like, a more versatile player on offense. And he carried it to, you know, a big part of a team that made the finals last year. And it's like – how would, how are we ranking DeAndre Ayton above him? But um anyway, I these are players I had above Ayton already. Centers, no no right? particular yeah no particular order. 
Jokic, Embiid, Bam, uh, Vucevic, Cat. I had Anthony Davis as a center. That's that could be uh, controversial, but he's uh, he's a center to me. And uh, then this, yeah, is, and then fine. I had I put Gobert, even though I don't even know if I agree, but like Gobert is like I think majority of NBA fans might agree, even though I might not. And then the, my hot take was me picking Miles Turner. That's going to be wrong. But I had DeAndre Ayton as the ninth-ranked center in the NBA, not even player. I can't believe he's considered a top-20 player. That was absurd to me. Well, he's definitely not. Because uh, Yeah, he's no. definitely not. Um, yet, I, I can't say I disagree with too much of your list. Maybe maybe I take away Vucevic. I take away Cat too. But, like, my problem is we're giving DeAndre Ayton a lot of this credit for, like, taking a leap because he's playing with, like, a great team, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. If you put any of those guys to me on the Phoenix Suns, they're even a better team than they are now. And I don't – I don't. that's that's kind of how I was thinking about it. Well, like, yeah, if, yeah. You put, if you put Vucevic on the Suns, they're immediately winning the finals. Yeah, I guess I guess that is – that's true. I, I feel like DeAndre Ayton gets – He's getting definitely the added benefit as well of being the third offensive option, which I think is why he's been able to be so efficient. Um, right. Because he doesn't – because Devin Booker is going to be their go-to scorer on every play they draw up. And then, like, when they need a bucket, they're going to go to Devin Booker. And then Chris Paul is going to carry the floor. And he – as much as he loves, like, alley-oops and, like, lobs to the bigs, he, he actually doesn't play favorites. He spaces the ball out as much as he, he possibly can. That's why he's – so great um yeah i i don't know uh I'm, i've definitely been very impressed with him these playoffs and we've, i've talked about it on on our pod before but i agree i feel like the the over adoration of the andre and i think it was one of the main reasons i kind of Let's turned talk. off the yeah. suns because like i'm still a fan i still think he's very good um but i i do feel like people they want to push a narrative that he's like again, like what you said, like one of the top twenty players in the NBA, and that's just that's just not true. Remember, remember how good DeAndre Jordan looked when he played with Chris Paul. Exactly, and now he <laughs> he now he can't get playing time. No. He's not. It's not I, that I, far removed. Like, was from, there that like, much hype about DeAndre this regular season? I think there was. No, you know, not, buzz about like, wow, look how well the Suns team plays together. I really do think it's a bit of a media narrative. But what I will say is, I think I may take him over Vucevic or Cat at this point, just for how young he is and the potential upside. Right. Yeah, I, you're yeah, right. If, you, really if you add Vucevic or add Cat to the Suns now, they win in four because yeah, they're I much better scoring options. But just on, I think he's, I think DeAndre's 23, 24. Like it's pretty amazing that he's this young and this talented. But I really want to see it from him. In the regular season, if he starts getting the narrative going, I'm like, wow, maybe he's an all-star center. Then I'll eat my words. We'll come out and do a whole DeAndre Ayton apology pod. But for now, no, I don't think he's yeah. that I, special. I just, like, I'm just surprised the media narrative is that, like, Chris Paul did all these great things for the Phoenix Suns. But, like, DeAndre just surprisingly made this incredible leap. Like, I, I think it's clear it has to do with Chris Paul. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that, and that's that's just ironic that we're comparing DeAndre Ayton with Towns because the like oldest joke going around all the time was that whenever Conley Towns was ever going to be asked out, that the Suns were going to ship Ayton out for him because he could tack play with Booker again. 
So that's funny yeah. that we're, we're always doing that that comparison. Um, I know. Yeah. So, how do you guys feel about the series moving forward, or any thoughts? I mean, this is not the most generic take ever, but I really do feel like no matter like if we whoever wins the next game, I actually see winning the series. I really do feel that way. So I think not to be indecisive, but I think if the Bucks win the next game, it's Bucks in six. But I think if the Suns win the next game, Suns in four. Wow. Um, yeah, I've, I've kind of laid out my opinions already. I Like I said, I think it's going to be each team wins their home games. And if they don't, then if like whoever loses the first road game is going to lose. Uh, I hate to stand by myself, but I'm staying with the Bucks in seven. I think each team wins their three home games. And then the Bucks are able to squeak out a game seven win. I really want to say Suns in seven, but like I can't turn on the Bucks right now after like everything I've been through. We're a Bucks pod. Yeah, so I gotta say Suns. I gotta say Bucks whoa, whoa, in seven. Whoa, whoa. We are we, two or three are a Bucks pod. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll make my uh, I'll make mine officially. Wait, I can't, sorry, can't I just be- I had the job like all season of like defending the Milwaukee Bucks. Like I have to make it clear, like this is like not my favorite team. Like I just really like I just really like them and there are times when they play very bad, but I feel like I was still forced to defend them a lot of the time. Well you, you can't you go just back like now. have to be that guy because I, I was going so hard against them. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I gotta be. You gotta be here like, I am. I gave an option for both teams. There's no team that pisses me more off, off more in the NBA than the Bucks. It's just because they like I see it and I've believed in it for years and they always let me down. So I just quit them. I'm like, they don't have it. No, I, I, I agree. I, I like the illusion. I think that's why I'm so drawn to them. I like the illusion of what they were. Yeah. Like what I I, just, what, it literally took all I had in me, too, to not come on this pod and bring out the hot take that the Bucks are better without Giannis. And it, it, I like wait, 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 wait. What? a million times. Bro, bring it they, out. Chris Middleton and Drew, like, play so much better when he's out there. It's like, I, like, I'm not going to argue it that heavily, but I'm just saying I thought about it. Well, all right, so I did actually – I didn't get to quite iterate this feeling until you brought it up. Have you guys ever seen people online try to debate who the Batman and Robin is out of Chris Middleton and Giannis? Some people out there do believe that the number one option should be Chris with Giannis supporting. That's, like, absolute, like – lock someone up in an insane asylum Bro. talk, right? Well, so, all right. I'm going to give a shout-out. I don't even think he listened to the pod, but a shout-out to my boy, Cray. I was having this uh, argument over the weekend, 4th of July. He legitimately thinks that Chris Middleton is a better basketball player than Giannis. And, like, I, I understood what he was trying to say because, like, he has more skill and, like, talent, I think. But, like, if you're picking a player to have on your team, it's Giannis. There's no doubt about it to me. Like, Chris can shoot and, like, has all the technical skill. Giannis is more power and strength. But I just can't ever agree with that take. But, like, I will say that this, there's a small part of me that does believe that the Bucks just, like, might play better without him because they have better ball movement. Drew and Chris have more spacing. Like, I'm not going to say I believe it, but I'm saying there's, a, like, a narrative out there. Well, I think that whenever, whenever I see those takes, John, about, like, it's, like, Middleton's the Batman, Giannis right. is the Robin. I just always kind of think of it as like 
like they need Middleton to score like twenty over twenty five a game, or they lose. That's always how I looked at it. Like he 100%. needs to be he needs to be the number one offensive option to give Giannis space. Like if shots aren't going down for him and people can kind of clog up Giannis, that's when the Bucks always lose. Yeah, when he's shooting well and playing well, and that and teams have to guard him on the exterior, then that leaves Giannis open to just get all of his easy buckets. So well, in that really, sense, I know what it means. Yeah. They have a very – I feel like the two of them have a very symbiotic relationship. I don't think Giannis – I'll, I'll say this. I'll put this on wax on the pod. I don't think Giannis gets his MVPs without Chris Middleton. Is that too crazy to say? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Like, you know what I'm bu- saying? Like, I feel like – The Bucks rock Giannis, because of Middleton as well. That's right. like – Yeah, they do. Like, the Bucks are the Bucks because of him. He is a legitimately amazing player. He's been named an all-star, and it's been validated. Um, I think the Bucks really got scary in that 20, 2019 season when they ended up losing to Toronto, Giannis's first MVP. And then the following season, they were actually surging towards, like, potentially hitting, like, an all-time like, – like, like, a record in the regular season. They were doing great before the uh, pandemic came. And, like, Giannis is able to get these crazy heights because he can kick it out to Chris, and Chris can kind of get those late-game buckets. So they do have a very symbiotic relationship. But even when they are firing on all cylinders, it is Giannis driving the thing because I think Chris only can play so well because of Giannis. I don't know. It's interesting to think about, but they only exist because of each other. Yeah, I just think if you put, like, 10, 15 other shooting guards in his position, they're just as good. That's what I'm saying. I think I think Chris is more like replaceable. I think they should right. package like Chris, Pat, and picks for James Harden. Right. Or that, the or, yeah. but no, as anyone having these thoughts, dude, during the whole finals, why did the Milwaukee Bucks just get Chris Paul? <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense. They should have. Because they were slightly in the conversation. Remember last offseason? There was like, oh, where's Chris Paul going? Because everyone knew he's gonna leave OKC. And, like, the Bucks were on the short list, and everyone was a little shocked when it was Suns, but everyone's like, oh, wow, I can see that happening. I still really do think the Bucks' biggest problem is their front office just not surrounding him with enough talent. You've got to maximize this absolute freak of nature while he's still in his prime. And they're not trying that hard because what do they need right now? They need big games out of guys like Bobby Portis and Brent Forbes who can't have big games. That's unrealistic. They should have gotten someone a little bit more impressive than just Drew Holiday. I think it should have been Drew and Bogdanovich. I mean, Hunter Ascension <laughs> or Bogdan. yeah. Bogdanovich. If they have Bogdanovich, I, I, I don't even think it's a close series. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like this team's got it. Bogdanovich had a crazy playoff series. I swear, even back to the Knicks playoffs uh, series round one, I hated that guy. He shot <laughs> and it was going in. I hate him. How did this turn into another Bucks slander? I'm sorry. I yeah. shouldn't have even brought up that take. Yeah. <laughs> um, my take. Sun, if the Suns win the finals, whose team was it? Was it Chris Paul's team or Booker's team? Paul's. Chris Paul's. Is it, is it right now Chris Paul's team? Uh, well, again, what do you mean by that? Like the narrative or whose team is it like going forward? Like what do you, what do you get at? I mean, it's like – so, for example, um, Kyle Lowry, greatest Raptor maybe ever. He was the face of the franchise for the latter half of the 2010s. But I don't think anybody would discern the fact that it was Kawhi's team when they won the title, right? 
You know right. what I mean? Right. So what I'm saying right now, Devin Booker, he's the all-star. He's been there before Chris Paul has. Um, he almost made him to, him to the playoffs last year. He, they drafted him, young gun. He's been the face of the franchise forever. All of a sudden, Chris Paul comes in, and they're right in the finals. And Chris Paul is a bigger basketball name. My question is, who's, whose team is it? Like, if they're loading up Like, banners, looking back in NBA history, who are we going to remember, like, who's, whose team it was? Or, like, yeah, no, I just mean, thing? Yeah, in, like, the scope of Legacy. Now, yeah. It's, it's Chris Paul's. It's Chris Paul's first championship, and it's Chris Paul's team at that point, I think. Especially I think with how he's been playing. Yeah, if, if, it, if he was just there and kind of like, oh, oh wow, what a nice option it is. Or even if he had like a Reggie Jackson type of year where it's like pretty good in the regular season and then really took a, a surprising uh, lead late in games, that would have been something. But he's actually been like dominating. He was, I think, fifth in, all, in MVP voting. Like he has been this amazing all year long. And for that, it's going to be his team. It's not going to be quite as minimizing like Kyle Lowry in Toronto because I think Kawhi was just that much better than Kyle Lowry. I think the level of play is closer for Devin and Chris Paul, but cause there's just so much going for Chris Paul. He's the head of the Players Association. He was so kind of involved with keeping the players on track in the bubble. He gets traded, and he's just going crazy. It's, it's going to be his team when we look back on it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But it's interesting to think about. I do you guys think that's going to bother Devin Booker? I feel like if Devin Probably Booker not. wins a title, I don't think he gives a crap. Yeah, he'll it, be like, I won. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, no. So he's like Chris Paul, like you're old, dude. Like you probably only have like another two years here, Max, and I'm 24, so I can go. Yeah, he he still he still has time to get his. I think they clearly get along. It's not going to be like. Like the ultimate example of this issue is when the Lakers had their three-peat, it was, oh, that was Shaq's team, that was Shaq's team. That's what, kind of what created the divide between Kobe and Shaq. But they were similar in age. Like Booker, I think, really looks up and does appreciate Chris Paul, so I don't see there being any animosity. Well, and again, just going back on your point, we love comparing Devin Booker to Kobe. Kobe ended up winning his yeah. own titles on his own teams years yeah. after Shaq left. I could see something like that happen with Devin Booker. We didn't get into Devin too much. Have you? What's uh? What are you guys' thoughts with Devin going forward in the series? Is he going to be con- consistent? I mean, he absolutely popped off. My my biggest question is, I don't know if you're if you're Coach Bud, like, and, and you know, like, we have to have Drew Holiday on to take one of these guards out. Like, who do you put him on, Booker or Chris Paul? I feel like Chris Paul runs the whole offense, but Devin Booker, like, he played. He didn't even play that great up into. To his standards, and he got 20, he got twenty seven points. I feel like he could play better. I think to me, you got to put Drew on Chris Paul because book you had to look at it as Booker's probably going to get his twenty five thirty no matter what. But if you could slow down Chris Paul, you could slow down the entire rest of that offense. So you need to. I don't know who, who was Drew guarding last game. Was it Booker? <laughs> I think it wasn't was, Chris Paul. No. So the problem is. So the problem was every play that was designed was to start Dev, to start. Holiday on Chris Paul, and then he would just get switched off, and they would be like PJ Tucker or Bobby Portis, yeah. and this is like the problem. Yeah. Like he was just Chris Paul was just getting every switch he wanted. Yeah, then then he needs to fight over the screens or whatever because, like I said, he needs to. If they could slow down CB3, they could slow down a lot of those guys probably. Whereas 
slowing down Devin Booker doesn't really help anything because everyone else will take over. Yeah, exactly. It it's not stopping it's not stopping Devin Booker's twenty seven points. It's stopping Jay Crowder's eight or Mikael Bridges' just twelve. Exactly. <laughs> right. Which is a problem because again, the Bucks don't have a Jay Crowder or Mikael. So if you cut off Chris, you can cut off those other guys that are really exciting. Yeah, are we done with the PJ Tucker thing? I feel like he's just like he he's outworn his well his presence. He may have to retire if the Bucks lose. <laughs> well, yeah, it's Forced like he's like virtually useless in this series. But like the problem is they don't have anyone better. So yeah, like, like what do you do? <laughs> I, I, I like, don't. I don't know. It's a, kind of kind of a weird there. take. I think he should shoot more. Oh, I don't know about that. For, <laughs> he's like open. Well, nobody. But like, if he's open in the corner, sure. But I don't think he I can trust make him more any than Bobby shots. or Bryn or Jeff. What about Pat? I, I I I trust Bobby. It's just like Bobby no, needs to. Don't. I like. Do. I do. I don't know. I there's like a weird Bobby Portis thing in me. I don't know. But like, it's just not gonna work <laughs> if he's the. I don't know. They. The Bucks stink. I don't even have a take. I'm just stuttering. The Bucks running in circles. The Bucks point. stink, and they're gonna win the title. They're gonna stink their way to a title. I I'm gonna stay with Bucks and six. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still in on <laughs> the Bucks. We're a Bucks pod. I actually I think we should put. Stop it on saying wax. that. I refuse for this to be a Bucks pod. <laughs> you said, but you just said Bucks and seven. Doesn't matter. I have. I don't even know if I'm rooting for them. Before we started recording off mic, we're all excited that the pandemic's kind of, you know, looking a lot better with everyone getting vaccinated, numbers plummeting. So we're looking at weird cities to go to. I think if the Bucks win, we should go to the parade. I would never. <laughs> I, I would. I'm not celebrating this team. <laughs> This is like, have, not not a parade. How about like one of the first games next season? I would go to the, their game playing in the Barclays and just like cheer that they beat the Nets. That's all they got from me. I'm happy. They <laughs> beat the Nets. You're not gonna fly to Milwaukee? No, <laughs> I have zero. I just don't like this team. I think they're awful. What do you think of the city of Milwaukee? I don't have anything necessarily against Milwaukee. I hate Cleveland though. Ugh. Dude, I can't wait until. The Bucks win the title because the podcast afterwards is going to be crazy. <laughs> oh, I know <laughs> because yeah. because, because all of fair. Steve all of Steve's negative Bucks takes will be completely valid and honest, but it won't have mattered. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. really won't matter nothing. And that's so the problem I, too is like I want to have negative Suns takes and like I can't have negative takes about both these teams. Like what am I? What can I do then? That's no fun. I just think they're both the character. Yeah. I think irregardless if the Bucks win or if the Bucks lose, we need to cut together like a 10 to 15 minute super cut of just all of our Bucks nonsense for the past month. If I, whenever I think about early summer of 2021, I'm going to think about me looking at box scores and being like Teague, Bryn Forbes. <laughs> That's what's crazy to me. It's like they literally have gotten to the finals and have yet to prove anything I've said wrong. Like, really? Like, yeah. Chris Middleton showed up a little more than I've obviously uh, anticipated. That's probably the only thing that I've been I, I, wrong Brooke, I, like, I think Brooke's been surprisingly good. But, like, Brooke. I haven't had – I, I, I never had, a, like, a negative Brooke take. It was all – my takes were, like, all kind yeah, of – Yeah, Brooke right. takes. That's well, no, but my – look, what I was trying to say is all of my points haven't really been wrong, except for the Chris ones. They haven't and, like, been right, still though, because the they keep winning. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying is miraculous. Like, you're, you're in some Bucks limbo. 
It's the but, but it's just ugh, I I'm off. Give me out. I need to stop talking about Milwaukee. Give, let's can we end this okay, before we, we before we end this crazy episode? Does anyone have a fiending around that they're looking forward to for Game Two? A big X factor. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for more out of my guy Jay Crowder. Yeah. He he was like the only buck or the only son who sucked in Game One, and I've I've always been a fan of his, especially his days in. Boston, I'll, I'll like never forget having him there. He was great, um, and I would like to see him pull it out. He's the only guy there with finals experience. Let's see if he can bring it to the table. My, my oh, I I can't believe we didn't shout him out at all on the spot. My feeding around is for Tory Craig, who is a we are notorious Tory Craig fans. Huge fan. And he won his first ring. Whether the Bucks or Suns win, Tory Craig is getting oh, yeah. a ring. So shout out to Tory Craig. I think the Bucks could use him if he stayed. Why did they trade Literally, him? they could have. <laughs> what did they get in that package? I don't remember off top. I have no idea. I think PJ Tucker. Oh my god, that's looking horrible in hindsight. This this end of the finals pod, I can't wait. Uh, mine is to see if these really exciting role players from the Suns can keep it up, because if they keep it up, they win the series. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, it absolutely. Another riveting episode of the Buck Fiends, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Might as well be the Buck Fiends. He was traded. He was traded to Phoenix for cash. <laughs> That's how Craig much Pe- was it worth it? The Bucks at the Bucks front office. <laughs> was it worth it? I. It's so little cash. I can't even find how much cash it was. That's horrible. <laughs> Giannis just Venmo requested Devin Booker. He's like, yo, send me some cash. <laughs> Tory Craig with like a basketball emoji. I love Tory Craig. Good, good for that. <laughs> There's no way that Coach Bud doesn't beat the crap out of Giannis. If they, if they lose in like less than six, there's going to be like reports that they had like a dispute. Well, I hope you mean Giannis beats the crap out of Bud. <laughs> How could Bud <laughs> the crap out of Giannis? Yeah. No, because in my mind, Giannis, I mean, the character of Giannis that we've created, Giannis is just like, I tried my best, coach. I'm so sorry. I hurt my poor, my poor knee against the laptop. I don't know what you want me to do. And Bud's like, get it together, Giannis. <laughs> I, I imagine it like that. Yeah. He just loves Chris Middleton in this fantasy. Yeah. I just really hope these Bucks can, like, sense that, like, this might be their only chance to do this. They need to do it. They need uh, go Bucks. Come on, you can do it. That's they, my need last listen, they need to That's listen. They need to listen to my pod. You, can, you I'm, I believe in you, Bucks. <laughs> All right, that's a great sentence to end it on. I believe in the Bucks. <laughs> listen to who feeds at. Oh, at who feeds pod. I, I, I don't believe in the Bucks. Who am I kidding, guys? We gotta end this. <laughs> I'm falling apart. <laughs>